Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from meditation to spirituality to personal passions to successes and failures to relationships to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. If you're a speaker or trainer, did you know there is now an online course that provides you 52 weeks of lessons on speaking, building a speaking business, getting your message out there, all taught by me, Mike Domish, and you can find it all online at theahacenter.com. That's T-H-E-A-H-A center.com, theahacenter.com. Join me there. Welcome to this week's episode. This is so fun because this is what we call a continuation discussion. And that is that we brought a group back that we had a conversation with before. And it was so intriguing. People were talking about it so much that we wanted to keep that conversation rocking and rolling. So you might have remembered Valentine's week of 2018. We had a group on talking about what it was like to be dating, single, and, and you know, outside your early 20s what that was like. So let's get into it this week. We have three of the four back. Uh, We just had a little conflict where one wasn't able to make it, unfortunately, but we got three of the four. So we're going to dive into this. One is Jeff Savillico, Las Vegas headliner, TV host, personality, and philanthropist. If you've ever wanted to see a family-friendly, energizing, funny, just mesmerizing show in Vegas, it's Jeff. He's been uh, with Caesars Entertainment for five years, over a thousand shows at the length of Flamingo, and now the Paris Hotel and Casino. We also have with us Kelly Davis. Kelly is the host of Untold Miracles Podcast, supporting the Children's Miracle Network. In Untold Miracles Podcast, celebrities, thought leaders, and influential kids answer the question, how do you define a miracle? In conversations with Kelly, head of celebrity relations for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, guests share the miracles they've witnessed, created, and benefited from, much like the miracles that happen every day in children's lives, while dishing on the latest news in their lives. Also, we've got Dr. Jen, sociologist and sexologist, a frequent speaker on sexual empowerment, healthy relationships, erotic play, and mindful sex. She's presented two TEDx talks. That's right, two folks. She's also a writer on sex and relationships and a recurring intimacy expert on the morning news. She has over 1.3 million hits on her In the Den with Dr. Jen YouTube video series as an expert in a new documentary on masturbation called Sticky, A Self-Love Story. That is our three guests today. Let's get rocking and rolling where we were before. Well, the show was so much fun last week. Uh, last week, last time we had everybody on, it feels like it was last week. It was so much fun. 
uh, it's like long lost friends you haven't seen and now you're back together. It was like, it was just yesterday. There was so much though we did not get to. So I'd like to dive into some of that right away. So last time we were on, we talked about the fact of once you're on a date and you're interested in someone, how that conversation begins. But what we did talk about was simply how do you ask someone out on a date? Do you say, I'm interested in you? Would you like to go to coffee? Or you don't say, I'm interested. Would you like to meet me at the mall? Uh, that's a that's a callback to Jeff, by the way, for all of our listeners. What's your, what's, <laughs> what's your approach to having these conversations? Jeff, I'll start with you. What is the way you would approach someone? Oh, come on. I thought I was going to go last this time always. And I was just going to agree with everyone. Say, yeah, I agree. Next question, please. <laughs> No, I am very direct. If you couldn't tell, couldn't pick that up from episode one. I'm very direct. I don't like the games, believe it or not. And I have no problem with just simply straight up asking a girl out. That's the way I would handle it. So what would be the language you would use? Is it, I'm interested in you? Would you like to go out for dinner? I would just say, you know, hey, I want to, I'd love to to meet up. You know, do you want to X, Y, Z? Do you want to go to a concert Saturday night? Do you want to meet up for drinks sometime this week? Something like that. I wouldn't probably say anything as as overt as you know interested in you or i feel like there's a connection here i I would just kind of keep it more casual and and ask if we could see each other at a a certain date or a certain event okay cool so jen well i was gonna say jeff so for you it's implied that if you're asking somebody to hang out that's implied that you have some interest in getting to know them better and that you wouldn't just be doing that with somebody that you were just interested like in in terms of a friendship. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think again, I think all this is context. So I think if, you know, I've been chatting with someone at an event and we, you know, for most of a night and it we're really hitting it off and we're laughing and having a good time and I say, "Hey, this is fun. You know, why don't we why don't we grab drinks this week if you're around?" I would kind of assume at that point that, you know, this is a date. It, obviously, if you know, she's there with her boyfriend and we have a lot of mutual friends and this and that, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I would just say, Hey, it was great meeting you. And, you know, maybe I'll, you know, see you around and invite them. If you ever want to come to my show sometime, let me know. Happy to hook you up with tickets. You know, great meeting you. Hope to see you again. Gotcha. So Jen, what's your approach? That's so funny. I was like, I don't know what my approach is. Um, I mean, I do know, I mean, I get, you know, we still, we are, I remember Kelly mentioned last time, she's like, I just, you know, go for what I want. If I'm interested in somebody, I ask them out, which is fantastic. But I, in general, though, I think we are still pretty gendered around who who does the asking out. And that's the weight of that is still put on men more. So, I mean, I've kind of been in, in the, in a, you know, the place of luxury where I, or a privileged place where I don't have to initiate a lot of times. Mostly men have initiated with me to show interest. I'm trying to think back. I could think back maybe two times or something where I did express interest in someone. And I was just like, hey, I think you're awesome. I would love to hang out more. Can we, you know, do something together? So I was just pretty straightforward with it and just looking for, you know, something. And whether it's hanging out in a coffee shop just to get to know each other better, grab drinks um, or go for a hike or something. But, yeah, and expressing interest of like, hey, I think you're a cool person. Can we hang out? Awesome. Kelly? Well, as Jen said, I did mention that I really like to go for what I want. And I think sometimes I have no fear and that can be a good or bad thing. Because for me, if I'm at the gym and there's a guy that I want to meet, I'll just go up to him. and. You you pause. You said, and I want 
to me. <laughs> just, I, thought, I love the directness of Kelly. And then you went to meet. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. so I'll just go up to him and start talking to him. I'm like, hey, let's go grab dinner. And and then yesterday I was in L.A. at the airport and a guy came up to me and was really like very forward, just like me. And it took me back because I'm so used to being that person. And he's like, hey, you know, I can't even remember what his line was, but he's like, hey, do you want to sit down with me right now? And and grab some food. And, um, so anyway, it's interesting to be on the flip side of that. Cause sometimes it can be a little aggressive. And I'm like, wow, maybe I'm, I should be less aggressive, but I don't know. Why Dude, would you, s- got pick- you get picked up at the airport? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Damn girl. <laughs> yeah. We have listeners going, how, who did you pick here, Mike, that these people just, whenever they want, whoever they want. So, uh, <laughs> And it was, I mean, I met three guys yesterday in 30 minutes and gave my number to two of them. Like it was crazy, but there was a lot of people hanging out in the Southwest terminal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm taking notes, Kelly. I'm like Southwest terminal. Salt Lake City. Oh, but I, the the other thing is we can talk about later is age difference because one of the guys was 25 and I'm 44. And I think that's gross and creepy now that I think about it. I think, I think that's too much of an age gap. Oh, let's go there in a little bit here. Jeff, you wanted to jump in there. <laughs> well, I, I want no, I laughed because in my head I was like, oh, you would hate Las Vegas. <laughs> but I totally agree with you. I also think it's creepy. But yeah, we have a little uh, a game we, we play. Uh, <laughs> it's rather inappropriate. But uh, the idea is you, you often cannot tell if uh, some guy is there, if that's like his date or his daughter. Because that or happens. Granddaughter. Oh. Yeah, um, but that's not what I was going to say. I was going to um, just point out the obvious in this traditional heterosexual type encounter at the gym, Kelly. I think it's very, you have to point out that there is no way for a guy to do what you did, which is great. Like if I, that's a jackpot. If some girl comes up to me, then great. Because if I'm, yeah, if it goes somewhere, great. If not, like she's just friendly. I'm just friendly. Everything's fine. But if that were to be the reverse, like there is no way a guy can hit on a girl at the gym and not look like, uh, you know, a, a D bag. Well, hold on a second. There's a lot of guys that do that and some can do it well. I, th- I think yeah. this really depends on yeah. the approach. But I do think, Jeff, you are 100 percent correct that gender roles here impact how we hear it. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that, right? Because well, I have so many girlfriends who hate getting hit on right. the gym. Like they and and gyms in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Athletic Club. Like it's a joke that it, it's a nightclub. I mean, there's there's two in particular that girls are full lashes. Like I mean, they're wearing oh, like sneaker wow. heels, you know, and it's like <laughs> all clubby music. I mean, it's it's totally ridiculous. But then you know these girls, they get all done up, they go to the gym, and they're like, "I hate when guys hit on me." And I'm like, "Well, because you look gorgeous, because you're you know you're barely working out." And then there's the girls who are in like the baseball cap, no makeup, sweatpants, who don't care, who want to go in the morning while all the industry people are sleeping in because they actually want to go work out. And and I've found that 99% of girls like hate when you talk to girl at a gym they've got their headphones on you're like hey can you take your headphones out because i want to you know ask you if we can work work in together like that's 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 very i give mad props to whatever guy can pull pull off like the gym pickup because that is very challenging okay so i several of my last boyfriends are from the gym i think that's the best place to meet guys (laughs) 
And wow. it's just the approach. One guy came up to me and said, you look like the stairway to heaven, and I want to jump on and catch your ride. Oh, God. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Wait, did you date him? Did you date him? <laughs> no, no, I did not date oh, him. Oh, this would so good if you awful. said yes, Jen. You're supposed to say yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, honestly, it's just the approach. Like, if a guy comes up to me, like my last two boyfriends have been from the gym, like I don't, I don't mind it at all. Um, it's just, it's just the approach, and you can tell if you're a creeper or not. Like, I don't know. It's not like I feel like their intention is to meet a girl there, but they happen to be working out. I happen to be working out, and we happen to be attracted to one another. Why not talk to each other? Yeah, and you have what similar interests. Or what are the introductions that have worked? Like, hey, great calves. Like, what do you do? What do you do for your glutes? Well, my I'll tell you what my line <laughs> always is. Um, I am horrible. I'm I'm such a flirt, but I'm always like I always bring it back to sports. And I'll just say, Hey, did you play college ball? Whatever. And then we'll just start talking about sports and then we have a really conversation. No, but Kelly, this is my point. Your line doesn't matter because you're a cute yeah. girl talking to a guy. So any guy is gonna be like, This cute girl's talking to me. Okay. You know, like um, all right, you don't so, need a line. You just have to go and be like, hey. I think what Jeff is saying is a fear yeah. is a fear that a lot of guys have, an assumption that a lot of guys have, which is that, look, if any, and, and to be fair, and Jeff's saying it the way you're saying it, if an attractive woman comes up to me as a guy and is assertive, this is a massive turn on in any environment because our culture says women aren't supposed to do that. So if she is doing that, Oh, this is like, this is such a break. I don't have to pursue. This feeds the ego. It feels wonderful. There's no doubt in a heterosexual situation. That's awesome. And on the flip side, men are expected to be the assertive ones. So now a guy comes near you. He must want you when maybe that's not the case at all. It reminds me of when I, and you know, for me, it's been oh, two decades I've been married, but I, but even when I'm married, if I want to go to, a, if I want to dance somewhere, I'm at a convention or a conference, I want to dance, I love to dance. My wife likes to dance. I love to dance. So she'll be like, go out there and dance. And some women, if you even get close to them on the dance floor, and I get it, I get why, have a perception that here comes a guy after me versus no, this is just a guy dancing. So there is, right. there are perceptions that are read very differently based on gender and history that that gender has experienced. If, if, a, I, if a woman came up to me and I was happily married even, if, but, but if a pretty girl came up to me and asked me some kind of a question, I would, you know, I would stop, I would answer, I'd be nice, I'd smile. I think just kind of in, implicitly, whereas if that role was reversed, if a woman was married and, you know, with happily married with husband and everything else, and a guy came up and said something about like, you know, that he could have asked anyone or no one. It was obviously just kind of an excuse to talk to her. I think there would be a little bit more of a deflector shield up. And I would say, you know, to circle this back to as being about the everyday mindfulness show. I mean, that's, I mean, there's, there's heavy gender differences here for sure that we're talking about, but we've mentioned a lot about sort of creepy guys, but all of that I think comes down to kind of, you know, what their intention is, what the energy is that they're bringing. And are they sort of like, are they kind of being pushy or they, you know, do they have an energy that they're trying to take something from the woman or do they have the energy that they're just trying to, you know, legitimately uh, meet her and start talking to her and get to know her and in, engage her as a fellow human being. 
And those are very different energies when you're just trying to, you know, meet someone sort of in an equal way versus you're trying to take something from them. And I I think think that's that's a lot of that creepy vibe that we're talking about. uh, There's a great way for us to wrap that part of the discussion, because I think that's dead on true, that if you're walking around like I'm God's gift to the world over everyone else, not I'm a gift, because we all should think I'm great and I'm wonderful, but not over others. So it doesn't matter what gender you are. If you walk around like I'm everything, and then I go to approach you like I'm everything, well, why do I want to connect? with you. So I thought that was brilliant. Thank you for bringing that in. Let's go to an area due, due to time. I want to keep us moving because last time I know we have such fun conversation here. So let's go to the gender gap. Uh, I mean, the age gap. Uh, and by the way, I think for those listening who are members of the GLBT community and you're hearing, hey, these we happen in this case, this shows has heterosexual individuals talking. Uh, I think it's important for us to understand that some of these stereotypes can be true in all dating relationships. It's just in who can be stuck in what role or stereotype that can happen, but it plays differently. So that's important for us to be able to acknowledge. Let's go to that age gap though. What is the gap that's too much? Or is there one? I mean, some people are going to say there isn't one. So how? What? For, I'm curious what the three of you think. I, I think, think it depends, depends on... on- yeah, each individual, you know, what the, the maturity that they're bringing, you know, are, are they working through mommy and daddy issues? <laughs> I mean, because there is something to be said, like, there's just some people, doesn't, you know, some people, it like, doesn't depend on your, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter your age. Like, if you have an energy and you are somebody I connect with, like, that's what most matters. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, I get annoyed because right in our society, it is more so. I think the joke that Jeff was making, like, uh, is that his date or is that his daughter? Date or da- that would be a fun game. Date or daughter? Date or daughter? And but like I said, it's so common for men to be dating, particularly younger women. We see that in Hollywood a lot. And so, you know, I hate that gendered aspect of it, and that almost like younger, beautiful women are considered, you know, a prize or the trophy wife aspect. Um, I think that's problematic. But in general, the legit, like, you know, you don't always control who you're attracted to or who you fall in love with. Do you think, or how do you think people should address, is there a feeling of guilt if somebody is, and that's where I'm curious, at what age do people start to have that concern? I'm curious for all of you, has there ever been a point where you're going, wait, you know, Jeff, I'm 34 and they're 25. I got to be careful here. When do you start to say I need to be careful for any of you? Is is there for you a line that goes, even though this all feels right, this all feels like this is a mature individual, they've got their act together. Ugh, I'm just not sure. Well, I think it's funny because now with these dating apps, you never could construct your ideal <laughs> woman or man, as it were, before these really but now you can so when you say oh you know what i'm looking for like 22 to 24 that that would feel a little like weird and creepy for me as like a 34 year old guy to just say like i'm gonna eliminate all the options that are greater than 10 years younger than me like that just seems bad but at the same time i believe that i could fall in love with a woman who is 40 who is 34 or who is 24 out if i were in you know quote unquote the real world so now that we have this you know, this forced construct of I'm looking for this. I mean, that, that's actually one of the reasons why I didn't like match was because it was like, and, you know, I wanted to be like Catholic and, you know, like fit, but not athletic fit, like tone fit. You know, it was like not sporty fit. It's like, huh, like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to like, you know, or, or who's going to who's going to connect uh, with me. And I'm going to feel that connection, too. So I think it's gotten even weirder now. But I think there's a lot of things going on here. I think there's some practical practicality too about what you both want 
you know, with, if you if you want families, uh, how that relates to, to your age, obviously, there's there's something to consider there. I think professional development is important, not not to say my, my brothers got married pretty much right out of college. My career was much more unstable for a while. And again, not not that I wouldn't have. I didn't I don't feel like I said no to like the perfect girl because my career wasn't ready. You know, if if, if it was if it was the perfect girl, then let's be on the ride together for sure. But I personally would like to be a little more stable and have a little more financial security before I find that that person and kind of uh, build a life with. So I know right now I'm a lot more ready than I was five years ago. And so that definitely affects who I look for. You know, I can, yeah, I can go on a little bit. But, Kelly, you know, no, I'm curious. What we're curious, Kelly? What? Because you brought up Kelly. You did bring up. Hey, uh, he's 25. I'm 40. Uh, that seemed a little weird. I've realized it. You know, looking back, how, how does that? How does it come into your mind? I think I go back to what Jen said. It really, it really depends on the person and maturity. I have a friend who married someone 26 years older than her when she was around 25. They're very happily married. I was dating um, a 25 year old when I was 40, and I was okay with it for a little bit, but then I just felt like I, I was very insecure about the age gap. And then I recently, mm-hmm. in December, broke up with someone 13 years younger than me because, you know, we kind of are, you're in different phases of your life when you have yeah. those type of age gaps. So I do think it really is all about the individual. I just heard of a friend of mine, he's 43, and he just married a 25-year-old. I think it's a lot more acceptable if you're a man older man marrying a younger woman than the other way around. But uh, yeah, I think I mean, that's an important part because almost all the people I know that that have fallen into, I mean, not fallen into, that are madly in wonderful, wonderful, loving relationships of 20, 30 years and have big gaps, you know, 20 year gaps. It is all men that are older and the mm. woman's younger. So there, de- there definitely seems to be more of a societal acceptance of that. Yeah, it, it is. It is more rare for sure. But then I think one thing you really need to consider, um, one of my colleagues that I work with, her husband is 10 years older than her and he's dealing with health challenges that she's not right now. That's just, that's just a real life fact that you're going to have to maybe deal with that. But I think if you're living in the moment and enjoying what you have and you find someone you love and connect with, um, why give that away? Because nothing's ever guaranteed. Love it. That's awesome. All right. Let's get into something we did not really get into last time, but I know listeners were going, hey, you avoided a big elephant in the room when it comes to single dating. And that is the issue of sexual intimacy. How do you approach it? Like, and, and I know we talked about a kiss last time, but let's, we're talking more than a kiss now. How do you, how do people approach? How do you get a vibe without pushing the boundaries too far? What's the subtle way you go there? Are you just more direct? I, I work with people of all ages in my work around the world. And I know people that have said, hey, I'm, div- I'm suddenly divorced in my mid forties. I'm dating and oh my gosh, Dating partners are way more direct nowadays at this age. They don't want to play games. If they just want to have fun, they'll say, just want to have some fun tonight. I'm not looking for a long-term relationship. Just want to have fun tonight. And you're like, whoa, not used to this directness. But there's some, there's some benefits of that directness that you don't play the games. And, and you can be honest. Uh, so curious what the three of you find in that world. How do you address it? I think we should hear from the expert first. <laughs> Is that, is that me? That's Jen. Yes. You are the sexologist. I, I... <laughs> Definitely not me. <laughs> well, I, you know, maybe the professional expert doesn't mean I'm the personal expert. <laughs> hey, Jen, I think that's really important you said that. Uh, I think it's really important because I, I think people hear our jobs. Like you work in a field of you and I uh, where we discuss sex, intimacy, 
and they think, well, you must be the greatest person to ever get in bed with. And, you, and, and they don't realize. There's I a- mean, I am, I am pretty good, Mike. Saying, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> right. And, and, but people have this assumption that this means yes. I'm going to have the most amazing experience with you yes. as if I don't know you yet. This could take time for us to get our rhythms and our whatever down. But so I think there are assumptions. So I'm glad you said that, that just because somebody is teaches on a topic, doesn't mean they live the topic as well as they teach it. I'm not saying you, Jen, but there are right. people who teach marriage that struggle to stay in a marriage. Yeah. And so, I, you know, for me, I am, I, I do work really hard to practice what I preach. Um, and that specifically shows up in terms of being direct in my communication, calling out what's going on and being like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. How do you feel about that? And it's, great because I do tend to run in those circles now of folks, you know, more like sex positive circles um, where folks are, you know, heavy into com- uh, consent communication. And Jen, can we pause? I want to pause because I want to get, I would like for our listeners to be able to hear some specific language, you know, and so you said, Hey, what would you like? Like, what is a conversation you would have? Like, what's the exact language? It's to the end of the night. You're having a good time. Maybe let's let's help out a little bit. You have kissed. You have made out, and there's a connection. You know that. You'd like it to go further. Where are you? Ta- how are you having that conversation? What are the words you're going to say to that person? Yeah, uh, this is funny. <laughs> it's funny to, to be doing it in this non-sexual context. Correct. Correct. <laughs> what am I saying? For me, it would be because I am. I, I often talk explicitly about like intercourse, sexual intercourse expectations. Uh, because that's one thing that I found I personally don't like to jump into that quickly. Certainly not like a first date with somebody, but you know, even down the road, some I want to I want to know the person. I want to know I like the person. I want to know I trust them. I want to know we have good chemistry. So that's often the thing that I am most direct about to be like, hey, I'm just check in with your expectations around that. Like I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable about around that. It's not that I don't like you. It's not that I don't think we have good chemistry. It just kind of doesn't feel right for me to jump into that, you know, and I just have a dialogue around that. And then, you know, and then once that's broached, then I've, I've kind of opened the conversation to be like, well, you know, what, what do you like? What don't you like? And so I, I get to, and I think it's because this is my field and I am comfortable being, you know, direct and and kind in these conversations I get to have pretty detailed conversations early on about what I like and what's you know like unique about my pleasure um, and what I like or don't like and you know assumptions that they might have so you know what we talked about in the beginning you know I do try to practice what I preach but like I still have hang-ups like everybody else you know I still have uh, you know sexual insecurities body insecurities and it's important to me to, to know that that me and all of my messiness and my beauty is is accepted and is okay. Um, and that I'm not expected to be some like perfect, amazing sex robot with no emotions and who gives the perfect blowjobs every time. And that's what to me, these dialogues is all of that, you know, messiness and confusion and like, hey, yeah, this is kind of awkward, but this is really important to me to be able to talk about. Well, I think you said something brilliant there. You said that I'm kind and direct. So yes. I think a, a, yes. a lot of people hear direct and they think cold, but yes. kind, which means I'm not, I'm not going to judge your answer, right? So if, right. if you're like, well, are you into this? I might be like, how dare you ask that? I'm going to be kind and go, well, no, 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 I'm not. You know, so it's yeah. kind. I'm not going to freak out. I open the conversation. So why would I freak out that you're going there? I love that, that language. That's so powerful. 
I'm just gonna pause this for one second because I wanna let everyone listening know about one of our amazing sponsors. This week's episode is sponsored by the book, Can I Kiss You? and the Instructor's Guide of Can I Kiss You. For many listeners know, this is the book that I wrote last year came out. We were thrilled because it went number one on Amazon for teen and young adult dating. And it is filled, just packed with how-to skill sets for anyone to read of any age. We used to have a certain age group and people said, will you stop doing that? I have a middle schooler that I wanna read this book or I'm 45 single, I need to read this book. And we've had people who are married going, it's helped change my relationship. And that's why we're, we're excited. This is this week's sponsor, the Can I Kiss You book. And if you're a teacher, the instructor's guide. You can find both at datesafeproject.org. That's datesafeproject.org. Or you can call Rita in our offices at 800-329-9390. That's this week's sponsor. Kelly, when, so when you're in a relationship, how's that? How's the conversation just even around general, even beginning intimacy? How does that work for you? I think it's so important to be very clear on what your boundaries are because typically you have no idea somebody's background, how what their relationships have been like. And intimacy is such an important part of that. So it's really clear to know upfront what what they're getting into. And so I'm really from the get-go, I, I definitely let them know what my boundaries are. So what would that if you don't mind me asking, what would that look like in a conversation? Is that as, hey, just so you know, this isn't gonna this it's not something I'm going to engage in, whatever this is. I'm not going to engage in, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to really get to know you and have an attraction to you. Is that is that kind of language? Yeah, I mean, I and I'm also, I'm, I grew up Mormon. I'm, I'm LDS. And so there's very specific, like, restrictions on what that looks like. And so, yeah, it's always been something that I've had a certain moral code and, and sharing that with others is something that I like to do in the beginning because I don't want them to you know, have expectations of something that may never happen. Yeah. And I think for a lot of listeners may not know that, that moral code as far as within the religion, the Mormon religion, I, I work with institutions with that are definitely faith-based in the Mormon religion. So I definitely, I definitely am very familiar with, but for those who are not, would be the most simplistic way? One, it's definitely, and Catholic says this too, by the way, and many religions do not until marriage, but it really in the Mormon religion, really nothing sexually intimate, nothing should be happening until marriage in theory, correct? Yeah, they, they try to keep that uh, Right, marriage. right. So for people who are listening, that is, for people who are listening, yeah. that is a difference. We're not judging it. That's yep. not bad or good, but that's a difference yep. for a lot of people. They're like, oh, okay, that is a little different than my religion just says nothing that can create a baby before marriage, <laughs> which right. is sort of what a lot of religions do. So, so that's good for people to understand. No, that's great. Jeff, for you, how now let's say we're, you know, you're on that date and Jeff in the last episode talked about, look, I'm not about on a first date, uh, even worrying about a first kiss. That's, I'm going to, I want to really get to know someone for a few dates. So let's say Jeff, you're now into a relationship. What's a way that you feel is a safe way to approach, to broach that, or even I think would be great and helpful in your case, Jeff, because you shared that, Hey, first date, I'm not looking for those things. Does there ever come a time where the partner is saying, Hey, why aren't you kissing me? Yeah. <clears throat> so I got to be careful with this one. This is where I got into trouble last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, yes, I I don't like to – what was that, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. A little tube over there, a little tude. <laughs> I don't like to put all these kind of forced uh, structural things or like ways. Like I always do this. Like this is how I operate. Like this is my – 
you know, first date procedure. This is how I approach intimacy. I don't, I don't have anything like that. I don't have any kind of things that I always do or say or things that have to happen a certain way. I really just try to focus on building a, a real connection with someone and an honest, open, direct line of communication so that in whatever specific situation I, I am in or I find myself in, that it's not weird, that I can feel free to bring up what's what I'm comfortable with, what I'm not. She can as well. I will say that generally speaking, because of that, I am I do not kind of understand or identify with the kind of guys who are always trying to push it physically, sexually, to try to like get something out of that person. I'm, I'm not about that. So maybe that's because I kind of know that about myself. But I bring my, that context to this conversation, the previous conversation that I, I, it's hard for me to even understand why you would need to, to have some of those conversations so overtly, because if you're not building kind of an, an open line of communication, like I would, I would never put someone in a, in a situation that they feel uncomfortable. And if someone tried to put me in a situation where I felt uncomfortable, <clears throat> you know, I would just, I would just say something immediately. Do you, you find, know? do you find because you, you let the, you let it go where it goes that they pursue you after a while because you're not pursuing and they expect that gender wise? Well, I don't know if I would say that they pursue necessarily, but yes, I've been in situations where, again, then that open conversation comes up more naturally of where they might be a little confused because past, you know, past guys have at this point been much more physically intimate with them and I haven't been, but they can obviously tell that I, I like them and I care about them and we have a connection. So they might bring that up. Or again, same well, I thing. love that. I, I, get, I love that, Jeff, that. because that's a th- that brings us all the way back 360 from the first episode. Because I remember I, Janet said to you on the first episode, "Hey, if you don't," and, and by the way, I think you said something really brilliant back there about these social constructs. I, I'm going to guess that all of us, even whether me and Merit or any of us, we're probably never following a formatted structure. That is somebody who is, it almost sounds like they're gaming the system. Right. Like I have a I have a plan that this is how I get to the 10 yard line, the 20 yard line, the 30, 30 yard line. Uh, that's probably not healthy relationships. You're probably not focused on connection and getting to know someone. So I think that's brilliant that you said that I'm asking the strategy, the, the language, because a lot of people who are listening do struggle in this area. And when we can be precise, it helps people. It helps people understand. So I, lo- I love what you shared there about, hey, you know, this isn't the path that I take that works for me. And what you had said last time was that Jen and uh, we had asked you about was, does it ever confuse the person that you're not pursuing them, that you may not be interested in them? And today you said, actually, yeah, sometimes they can wonder why, but you get to have a healthy conversation about that then. Yeah. But I mean, it's all about context, right? Right, So let's say I've I've been hanging out with a girl for a few times and like the next time we're going to hang out is clearly the time where something could intimate could happen or not like there has been no opportunity but let's say this time you know she's coming with me to like a wedding and we're you know we're getting a hotel and we're you know everybody's going to be partying and drinking if if there's a vibe that i'm catching or a connection issue i I would say straight up just fyi you know i'm happy to get you your own room if you like i'm not trying to push it here i would say something like that i say you know I, I i would love for you to be my date but if if uh you're not comfortable with sharing a room I totally get that 
or you know what, we can get the same room, but I promise I'll sleep on the couch. Like we can we pretend like you're mad at me. Ha ha. Yeah, and something I, like that. And, I and think, then yeah. her reaction though, you know, like would dictate. Like if she says like, oh my gosh, no, I feel totally comfortable with you, da, 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 then great, we're good. And if she says, no, I would feel comfortable, then I know like that's where we are in our relationship, you know? Yeah, and by the way, I think that approach you just took is smart for everyone. If somebody's sitting out there going, oh, I'm sexually assertive, so I just ask them to stay in my room. Well, you might, you're not even giving them the chance to explain they're uncomfortable or have a choice there. So that's not smart either. So I love that you said that. I mean, that's just a brilliant, brilliant option to be able to give. Now, I want to dive into that last topic we haven't hit yet, which is faith and religion. Can it be a killer? Yes, yes, go ahead. Before you start that, I just want to say something really quick. So um, I had a girlfriend who went on a first date this, this Friday or last Friday. And I mean, she was really clear with her boundaries, but he kept pushing, 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 pushing. Women do it all the time too, where a guy may say what his boundaries are and they want more than that. And I just think it's so important to everybody listening to this podcast to honor people's boundaries and don't, don't push them. It doesn't have to be personal against you, but just honor them. It's never a good position or situation to be in um, because neither one of the people feel good about it after it. If one person isn't comfortable. Well, I'm glad you yeah, brought I that up. I just don't get that. Yeah. Like, what's the I'm, goal? What's the goal for that guy? Well, it's all about like, me. Ah, like, yeah, Jeff, that's yeah, that's all yeah, about the me. Awful. I, but intimate. they don't care. That's the problem for that person. They're so you focused on me. And... <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, yes, Jeff, you're correct. It would be better if they went home and took care of their own needs. That's right. But, but they're, I, I also, they're so focused. That, Mike, not me. Yeah, they're so focused on. <laughs> I, I just say go home and read a book. Mike. Oh, is that what you were going to say? Okay. <laughs> What, what kind of book, Jeff? Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I read it for the articles, Mike. I read it for the articles. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but but um, yeah, and that's really... I mean, this is what, I, Jen, you and I do for a living. And I think, Jeff, what you're bringing up, I can't relate to that person. What's sad, Jeff, is how many people have experienced that person. And so a lot of the dating that we teach, Jen and I teach around the world, even though we don't work together on stage, we have similar philosophies, is we have to prepare the world for the people who all have already dealt with those people. And now they have a history in their mind of that's what it can be like. And so how do you overcome that? And how do you avoid that? Because they're out there and there's a lot of them. And they think it's about conquering instead of mutuality. It's about me. Get, it's about me, you saying yes instead of wanting it and and or they're so caught up in what they want they're not even clued in to the fact you don't want it i think that second one is often the case because you know a lot of times this is quote unquote good men like these are these are nice guys these are caring guys these aren't like sociopaths these aren't just assholes but they were not taught emotional intelligence skills or social intelligence skills, or they was trained out of them in terms of what it, you know, what it means to be a boy and a man in our society. And so there is such a, uh, there's so much in their own heads and their own needs and very, very much thinking that this other person does really want the same thing that they want. Um, They just need to keep pushing for it. Um, And I think there's a genuine shock for a lot of those men to realize the negative impact um, in the situations we're talking about on women um, and that women are taught just to go along even if they don't want to and that women really don't have those same goals. I think that's mind-boggling to so many men who have no idea how to stand in someone else's shoes, especially when you've got the neurochemicals of 
of sexual desire surging in you. Like they just have no idea that there could be another way of, of viewing a situation. And they're very unskilled um, in their approach and they just keep. Yeah. You know, well, the amazing part, Jen, is they think by pushing you, they're helping you. They genuinely believe in their heart. You're not allowed to own your sexuality. So I have to push the boundaries for you to let you have this amazing experience. And they genuinely believe that. And because they've been taught that, right? People say, uh, well, you know, if a a woman says no, you just got to try again. I mean, people have been saying that for years, right? Right, exactly. And these messed up messages. And these men were raised in that culture. And by the way, women were raised in this culture. Uh, So it impacts everybody. It's such an important conversation. I'm glad we got to get that in there. So thank you. Uh, Let's get back to that faith and religion. How does it play a role? When do you know what's a sign it's playing? It's not a healthy situation. It's not a, I don't even say healthy. It's not the right connection because of it. I think the most important thing versus religion is having the same values as someone. I mean, as I, I mean, ideally I would like to marry someone within my faith, but if I can just find someone that has the same values, I think that's really the most important. I have absolutely, I'm absolutely in agreement with you, Kelly. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like a square rectangle, rectangle square thing, you know, like someone who has my faith, shares my faith, is is, is most likely going to share my values, whereas it's not, doesn't always work the other way around. So that, that to me is the important thing. I, I feel, I was a world religions major, and so I'm very, very familiar with a bunch of different world religions, and, you know, I believe there's a lot of different ways to get there, but if you kind of share the same uh, same, you know, values and truths, but I think my, my priority, my kind of preference would be, uh, I put it this way. I kind of perk up a little bit when, if I meet a great girl and she's also like practicing Catholic, cause that I kind of feel like we already have a common set of values and beliefs and ideas about children and how we want to, you know, raise a family together that again, I believe is very possible to do outside of, you know, that faith tradition. But it's kind of, it's almost easier a little bit. It's kind of like, ah, like you're, you kind of, we're on the same page about a lot of things already. I have a pretty different perspective. I was raised Catholic. Um, I don't at all identify in that way. I've moved away from organized religion of anything. I mean, I do call myself quote unquote spiritual, um, but it's a lot of uh, Buddhist philosophies around mindfulness and compassion and um, the, the, the personal growth aspects of that, that most drive me. And so finding other folks with those similar values matters a lot to me. Um, I, I struggle with that, um, in my dating and finding men along those same pay, uh, along those same lines. I do though. I mean, if somebody shows up before me who is, you know, considered quite religious in more of a, a mainstream organized religion, that for me sets off warning bells because it could be accompanied by intolerance or, for me, not uh, critical thinking skills in the way that matter to me. And so, and I have to be careful. I have to be careful that I'm not too judgmental around that um, and still give people, you know, space to to talk and hear their views. But um, I, yeah, so I'm kind of, and I mean, as we're becoming more polarized and divisive in our country around such topics, which then makes me feel like I, you know, want to dig my heels in even more. But then I, I, you know, again, along trying to practice what I preach around mindfulness and compassion, um, I need to keep challenging myself where I'm not, where I'm not being open-minded. So, um, but it's definitely, I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be that relevant for me in dating. 
Um, I think particularly because I'm because I am I talk about sex all the time and and really controversial taboo topics that tend to attract more progressive and liberal folks to me who are comfortable and and or interested in my topic and really want to um, support me and what I'm doing in our in community and in the the nation. So. Yeah, so it is relevant, but it doesn't seem to show up specifically in dating that much for me. Well, I, I love the fact that you said you have to be very careful of the judgments there of yeah. maybe they're not deep thinkers because within every religion, there's progressives, there's liberals, right. there's right. people that would be 100% behind everything you believe yeah. uh, and, and be a supporter of it. Because uh, I could, you know, I can imagine some listeners are going, you just say I can't think critically because I have a religion. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, so I know. I isn't like, that a failure to think critically is what they would fire back with. Right. They would fire back right. with. Isn't that a failure to think critically? So exactly. uh, but yeah. I love I love that we can own all that about ourselves. That's what I loved about these two shows on dating is that none of us are, are going to we're not robots. We're not perfect. And even no matter what we do for a living, no matter how much we're in the public eye, no matter how much we speak public we're not perfect. We all have little glitches and faults and that we're fallible. You know, I, I love that. And I think that's a great way to wrap up the show, knowing that we're all fallible and dating's going to have its fallible moments. It's going to have its errors. It's going to have its weirdness, but it's to enjoy it. You know, I tell audiences all the time, the dumbest thing you can do before a date is look in the mirror and go, oh, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. No, you should look in the mirror, smile and go, this is going to get awkward. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Let's get weird. (laughs) Let's get weird. Yeah. And you know what? People love it. They're like, I've never done that before, but that's so freeing to just say, yes, it's going to get awkward and have fun with it. Right. That's the key for everyone listening. We hope you had a blast listening. You can find all three of these amazing guests on our website in the show notes. That's Jeff Savilico, Dr. Jen and Kelly Davis. They're all doing amazing work. Uh, So please check them out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Thank you, all of you, for joining me. The three of you have been fantastic. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for our listeners, I hope you make today and every day a little bit of mindfulness in there. See you next time. Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.